Cowboy. Welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. Uh, looking back, show by show, leap by leap, episode by episode for right through this little, uh, I suppose, cult TV show. Uh, joining me, as always, is my partner in time, Mr. Benny Mac. How are we doing, sir? Starting to feel a bit better. So, yeah, I'm doing good. So, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. After fighting back and forth with my... Uh, old dvd player and trying to get it wired up to watch this episode uh, as mentioned on last week's waiting room the uh the the, the sort of recording possibilities i guess via yeah. my virgin media box the sci-fi channel and all the other other people that were carrying quantum leap forces tv and so on and no longer show the episode jimmy which we're going to get into very, very soon and discuss why that is and how we feel now, as opposed to how we felt last week when we first discovered this information, because things have changed. Benny and I d- realized, you know, prior to our recording, but I had to get my DVD player out. And of course, it's not been used in God knows how long. I mean, nobody really uses DVDs anymore, I guess. So I had to get a DVD player, right? The wires were all tangled up. I had to get it upstairs to watch it in the bedroom where, where I do my research and make my notes and so on. Couldn't get the DVD player on the shelf because the DVD player is too big. Then the cables wouldn't reach. Then the remote was lost. Then when I found the remote, the batteries were flat. Or to sit down and watch one episode of Quantum Leap. It was just absolute ball ache, mate. <laughs> well, to be honest, you just want to stick to the DVDs now, I think. <laughs> now that you've set it all up. Oh, that's that, yeah, that's what's going to happen. I think I'm actually going to go downstairs and delete it all off the uh, off the uh, Virgin Media recording box down next. It's yeah. taken up a, quite a bit of the memory, as you can imagine. So, <laughs> yeah. and Before we get into today's show, I think it's quite important that... Benny and I sort of uh, sort of preface this this episode of the waiting room, you know, with a little bit of information about this episode of Quantum Leap. It's uh, the, the episode is is Jimmy. It's the season two episode eight, and the whole the whole premise of of this this particular storyline is that uh, Jimmy is a, a young man who has uh, what appears to be maybe Down syndrome, or he he he's he, he has certain certain struggles in life and. This program made in 1989 uh, is also set in 1964. So there is a lot of a lot of language and a lot of thought processes that maybe don't stand up anymore. And because of that, that's why, you know, the TV stations that were re-showing Quantum Leap recently have, have not re-shown this particular episode, much to Benny and I's surprise when we found this out initially. But it's sort of, I just want to make sure that everyone's aware that at any stage throughout this episode, as with any episode of The Waiting Room, but at any stage around this episode, if Benny or I say something that is maybe not 100% politically correct or we use the wrong terminology in any way, shape or form, I, I hugely apologize in advance if that does occur. It's not our intent. It's just an absolute minefield kind of, I suppose, stepping around some of these issues and knowing... And knowing what terminology is is okay and what and what isn't, especially when we're discussing this episode, where the terminology they use is incredibly incorrect, is 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 quite offensive at times. Um, have I kind of covered what I needed to there, Benny? Do you think? I think so. I mean, I mean, it's not us saying it; it's what's in the context of this episode of Jimmy. Do you know what? We get to see him later on throughout seasons a couple of times, which I'm. 
and I always liked seeing them back. But after we spoke about this last week, I was a bit annoyed the fact that they took it um, off the viewing list. But now after watching it back on the DVDs, I understand why they've taken it off. Because um, I was mm. actually that annoyed by it at first before I watched back the episode. Because um, as we spoke about at the beginning of this journey, we said Jimmy is up there for us um, in terms of an episode in the story that it tells. Um, and having not watched it for a long time, and that seeing that it was taken off the list, I was like, what the hell are you doing, Sky, or whoever, <clears throat> excuse me, is showing it? Um, but I did do some digging into it very briefly, and I went onto some message boards, and p- other people, not just us, were like sort of putting out messages of, why why are you not showing this? Now, this is the uh, response Sky gave to a viewer. I can't remember exactly what they put. I've lost the actual email they had, because I copied it all down, but I've lost it. But basically, were they that they were unhappy with the fact that they've taken this episode out. Bearing in mind, some of the episodes we've already covered, Sai, mm. are covering quite sensitive topics. So for this to be taken off seemed very odd. Again, preface this, what you've already said. Um, we understand why, but if we're going to keep... A, um, like Certain things we don't want to know about. I mean, we celebrate, if I put it into a different context, if we, we, cel- we celebrate or acknowledge the, uh, the soldiers that fought in World War II, you know, we pay our respects to them. Remember the uh, horrific events that happened, so they don't happen again. The the things that surround World War Two, with certain, uh, you know, well, lack of a better way of saying it, you know, the Jews were persecuted a lot. Um, uh-huh. You know, obviously camps and everything, which is horrific and shouldn't have happened, and we all agree with that. But by remembering it, we remember our past, and we learn from it, and this, hopefully, none of that stuff will ever happen again. And hopefully, learning from this episode of Jimmy. In terms of the way he's treated, the way he's talked to, hopefully we can uh, move forward with it and just uh, hopefully enjoy the episode for what it is. But also remember that at one time we were quite an intolerable set of <laughs> humans at one place. Yes, our, our elders or even our own family members. Some it still happens today, unfortunately, with some things. Um, but yeah, the, sorry. The response of what I had was um, Sky responded with, "Thanks for your email." Sky considers itself to be a responsible broadcaster and it's uh, never our intention to offend or upset our audience in any way, a bit like we're trying not to do now. Due to the language used throughout the program, which can be seen to be highly offensive, we have made the decision to cease broadcasting of this episode to prevent any upset to our viewers. I hope this explains our position and why the episode isn't available. Right. Now, Jimmy actually appears in, I think, three episodes overall. In a, okay. Yeah. Um, as in terms of not right now, I think in season three or four, we see Jimmy again and we see him right at the end, if I remember rightly, in terms uh-huh. of looking back. Um, but as Jimmy features in three other episodes in the series, which Sky are showing, this is what the, the this is what the uh, disgruntled person was talking about, uh, which have the language similar to that in the band episode. I find this weak and cowardly response. This is their opinion, not mine. The whole, this is what I do agree with though. The whole premise of the series is, it is set in the past and handles other such subjects, topics as uh, teenage pregnancy, interracial marriage, racism, homophobia, and women's rights. Are Sky blocking any of these episodes, some of which are far more shocking in the portrayal of the outdated attitudes? And he's right, or they are right. No, they're not blocking them. So I guess they have to find a line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the point this show is very, um, you can say, controversial if you want. But I think opens the eyes to a lot of issues that, unfortunately, in some cases, did exist back then, 
back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, which seems mad to me because I was born in the 80s. But like, even if when I was a young lad of like six years old, stuff like this was still being thrown around and said, and you know, and people treat you badly. So it seems mental to me that that would even happen. But I think it's a good way of, I mean, Disney do it with uh, with their shows like Robin Hood. I think I mentioned it last week, possibly. Um, the language within the animated film Robin Hood, the stuff they say about Native Americans is wrong. Um, but what the what Disney would do before the episode starts or the film starts, they put a warning up saying this is of its you know of its time and this behavior was unacceptable even then. And we you know so they still show it, but they want people to realize this behavior is still unacceptable. Um, and we've learned from it. I, I like to think that we've we're progressing as a species. You know, going to be here, but you know what I mean. No, no, I totally get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. I mean, from my aspect, from my viewpoint, sorry, I find this whole this whole thing quite fascinating because you and I, when we first found that this episode wasn't being shown for the reasoning of some of the words used and some of the terminology used, Absolutely. we were very much a case of, well, that's what. Why is that? You know, we were. I, I, you know, we were we could kind of get it, but at the same time, I think we were both a bit surprised to find this out and weren't too sure the reasonings behind it and so on. But yeah. before we obviously pressed the the big red button and started recording today, we had a brief discussion before going on air, for want of a better term, I guess. And having both rewatched the episode, you know, literally just just then before recording, having both re rewatched the episode now, I get where they're coming from. It's a lot. The R word is used a hell of a lot, and that's the big issue that this 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 episode has. And yeah, okay, it, as you said, Ben, it's of its time, and it's raising awareness in, in a way as well. I, I agree with you know, pretty much all all you said there. However, looking into the term, uh, well, you know, the, the R word, you know, yeah, retarded, is, yeah. retarded, yeah. whatever, whatever, you know, just so people are aware. Looking into that term, it's now viewed upon as being the same as if we had the n-word used a lot in a yeah. episode of say, say the color of truth it if, was yeah it was a color of truth yeah so yeah okay but if it was used every 30 seconds then that's overkill and that's that's uncomfortable then and yeah. i got I, I i loved this episode as as we'll get to when we sort of run through it shortly but I did get a little uncomfortable. It seemed like in the first 20 minutes or so, this was the, the R word was used every other sentence. I, and, the biggest gone. And it did. It, it just got a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable. And I also worry, uh, wonder if the decision was made to can this episode, maybe from a legal standpoint as well. And when I was looking into things just before we, we sort of started recording, I found out about something called Rose's Law. Have you heard about this? I've not. No, this would be interesting. Okay, in it, Rosa's law is 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 apparently inspired by a nine year old in America called Rosa Marcellino. I don't okay. know the exact details of her particular case, but Rosa's law effectively was signed off by uh, President Obama in 2010, and it means that the term mental retardation or any variant of this cannot be used in any type of education or health you know, information, reference, because in yeah. the past, that would have been the term that doctors even would have used back in the 60s, whatever. So yeah. that term is not to be used, and it's now under federal law signed off by the president, 
uh, it's now to be changed from mental retardation to intellectual disability. And that is the term that apparently yeah. should now be used ahead of the term that is quite offensive. Now, that was signed off in 2010. So That's I wonder... Mental. That's mental that it was only signed off what well, we, yeah. 2022, 12 years ago. That's yeah. that seems insane to me that that was even it took that long. So this episode set in the 60s. So that's a long time. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, that makes it, you know, against federal law to use that term. So I wonder if maybe some legal aspect leaks into this as well. And it's not awesome. just a case of. Uh, not just a case of them thinking, okay, this is uncomfortable, but maybe we don't want to broadcast this episode. Maybe there is some legal ramifications as well. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know how it would work. Do you know what? Now you've said that it makes perfect sense, to be honest. I mean, I just want to make it clear that Jimmy is Jimmy Lamata. He has Down syndrome, and Al puts it really well in this episode. I know we're going to get to it, but Al puts it really well in this episode and says that he, you know, he's kind of got the mind of a 12-year-old, and that's mm. not to say that he can't have a job live a normal life it's just his learning challenges he has um because i mean we don't really see that i mean because obviously sam's leapt into jimmy so we see but even sam seems a bit like see this is what i took from this episode was in the clutch moments where uh, sam drops a plate for argument's sake if this was you know somebody who hasn't got down syndrome then um if i dropped a plate sigh yes you'd be annoyed but you'd be like don't worry about it but because yeah. The way they treat Jimmy throughout this episode was, I, I felt nothing but anger actually for Jimmy and the way people were treating him. And I, not because Jimmy's got Down syndrome, just the way they're treating him. He's a human bloody being. And if I saw someone treating you, Si, like that, I am not going to stand around and take it. You know, I, so it's probably a good thing I'm not a time traveling <laughs> quantum leaper because I probably <laughs> punch a lot of people, um, which, um, well, wow, that's that's going to be my big takeaway from this episode. Yeah, if yeah. Benny was, a, if Benny was a time traveler, he would punch a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're trying to have some fun with the episode, at least, because it's quite a sensitive subject, I know. But you know, we'll see how we get on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though, with regards to the plate dropping as an example. I mean, there's a moment where he's uh, Sam, as Jimmy, is also trying to help his brother Frank wash the car, and a few things kind of go wrong there there's a few little accidents a few little mistakes happen you know yeah. it, it, you know he drops a few things and so on it's almost like everything that every mistake that jimmy makes every mistake that sam makes as jimmy is under a magnifying glass already yeah. so yeah. it's yeah it's, it's taken so much worse than the actual incident is because it's a case of who has done it as opposed to what it is they have done maybe yeah like it's like a microscope like everything's intensified because yes. he's part of the uh, the the institution that he was, and I like his brother for getting him out and get incorporating his family. But we'll get into the episode anyway. But like you said, everything seems to be zoomed in on everything he does. Mm. You know, even from like um, maybe smiling, like even just smiling to the these people that are intolerant are just like, why is he smiling at me? Or and yet, if you walk past somebody and they smile at you and acknowledge you, you smile at them, say morning, or and that would be just you know you just move past and move on for your, with your day. But because it's Jimmy, for some reason, if he smiles, if he coughs, if he laughs, it's like why is he doing that? Like intensified. I mean, that's a really good term you've used there, yeah. Benny. Every yeah. little thing is intensified because of who is 
who has dropped the plate, who has scratched the paint on the car and so on. Yeah, no, totally right. Totally right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll dive into the episode now, then sort of, you'll run through the, the gist of what goes on. Uh, Sam leaps into, well, an upside down Jimmy to start off with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jimmy's kind of upside down in his bedroom, just chilling in his, in his pajamas and so on. Uh, and it's the 14th of October, 1964. And Sam is uh, effectively, he's, he's there to help Jimmy kind of... Uh, I suppose re-enter society after he's been in an institute for quite a while. He's there yeah, to yeah. help him settle in his new job and trying make to get friends. To accept him, isn't yes. it? It's the main gist of it. So yeah. yeah, yeah, which is a bit of a. Uh, I, I, it's funny because it's a bit of a a broad term, isn't it? It's a bit of a kind mm. of very vague, open-ended. Uh, I, I suppose mission or task, for want of a better phrase, that Sam seems to have this week, but that kind of to me kind of falls into the background a little bit because of other things that happen throughout the episode for example sam straight away straight off the bat he's getting ready for a job interview his brother he you know jimmy is living with his elder brother frank uh his wife connie and their son who is how old is their son he's about 10 11 12 isn't he something like that uh i would say he's probably about 10 yeah i'd yeah. say 10 yeah definitely yeah okay so he's he's staying with them and he's been there we find out for a couple of weeks and frank who has who's got his younger brother out of this horrible institute called wayside i believe was the name of it and he's living with them and frank's helping him find a job so he can you know he's got a letter from a doctor saying that jimmy is capable of looking after himself and you know holding down a job and and just taking care of himself so frank is trying to help him effectively get on his feet with a place to stay and help him find a job. And that's the first thing that Sam has to do is, is attend this job interview and get the job in the first place, Benny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I like the way, uh, Jimmy, AKA Sam kind of teases, uh, Frank walking in. Cause he's like, Frank's going sit up straight, say, yes, sir. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do this. And don't do that. Um, then, uh, Sam goes, can I pick my nose? And he goes, no, you can't. And he just like realizes that Jimmy's winding him up. And I yeah. thought a brilliant moment. Um, Frank wants Jimmy to succeed so much. You can see it in that moment, walking into the docks and everything. And he's telling him not what, how to sit, <laughs> how to talk. Yeah, he's really sort of intensely prepping Jimmy for this job interview. He is, yeah. It's like uh, last minute prepping as they're walking through the docks themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to touch upon a few actors, if I may, before we go any further with that, because you've yes. read heavily about Jimmy here. And it's something I didn't know, but um, I will go through now. So Jimmy is played by Brad Silverman, right? Now, Brad Silverman has been acting since he was about, uh, well, I don't know how old he was, actually, but since 1987. And he, actually had a, he actually had a documentary done about himself this, uh, in ABC After School Specials. I don't really know. I'm guessing it's like a, a little documentary about but it's actually it's, it's called the kid who wouldn't quit the brad silverman story and this is who brad this is the guy who plays jimmy i've not seen it so i don't know what it's about but i would like to um he also did another documentary becoming sam uh, and he played uh he played himself again basically in that so um but something you probably don't realize so si, unless you i mean i didn't so you might not do obviously okay. he plays jimmy because we're talking about him right now Jimmy, obviously, in this episode, uh, but he's also been in Quantum Leap three other times as Jimmy. But in Mirror Image, 
again, it's still Jimmy technically, but when we'll get to that episode, obviously, but uh, he plays Pete in that one as well. So he's actually in Quantum Leap four times. He's listed here. And for anybody that's a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I've only seen a handful, he is actually uh, plays Brad, a.k.a. his real name again, but um, uh, in the Blind Date episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So he's done the odd thing here. And there. that was in 2004. There's nothing else listed for him at the moment. But um, yeah, he's done quite a few things, to be fair. And uh, he's very much a... I would say he's probably done probably... He's one of the actors probably done more episodes of Quantum Leap than most. Aside from mm. the fact of obviously Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula, obviously. Um, you mentioned, is it Connie, the wife's name? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, she, Laura Harrington. Uh, I was looking at her and I thought, I recognize you from somewhere. But again, because we're going back and watching um, Quantum Leap, I thought, uh, I don't think, I have, or her list of things she has done, I haven't seen any of them. So it must be just Quantum Leap for some strange reason I'm remembering. Um, I was looking for a law and order, but there's no law and order here, so I'm afraid. So you can see okay. this week at the moment. <laughs> uh, who else was I going to talk about? Uh, move on to so Frank Lamata, uh, Jimmy's brother. I don't know how to say his surname. John, <laughs> it's an Italian name, I think. I can't say that. I'm just going to call him John because I can't pronounce okay. his name. I will butcher <laughs> out of it. Uh, he's done now. I know you. Uh, we mentioned if you. I don't know if there's a sound effect you can put in for this, but he was in. He was in an episode of Cold Case. So there's another one of your things. Um, okay. Something I did pick up on very well. Not I've just noticed another one, um, one for us. But one was uh, Baywatch. <laughs> he was in Baywatch in '95. Right. Um, you know, he's a fairly good-looking bloke back in the day, so I understand why. Um, but he was in an episode of New Adventures of Superman, Lois and Clark, as well. Right. And again, other than that, I must have seen him in Superman because I did watch that quite religiously as a kid. Um, CSI, the original CSI, he was in an episode in 2009. So he's done some pretty uh, pretty good stuff, to be fair. Oh, SWAT, mm. the TV movie. Uh, TV series, sorry. In SWAT in 2021, actually. So that's quite more recent. I've just started watching SWAT, actually, on uh, Netflix. Um, so we recommend- Is that with the guy from Criminal Minds? I believe so, yes. I've never watched Criminal Minds, so I could be wrong on that one. Sherma uh, Moore or something like that. Is that his name? I think so. I've only watched about four episodes, mate, to be fair. So I'm okay. still there. <laughs> uh, now, one character I did like in this, um, not in a sense of like, he wasn't really, he wasn't really horrible, but the uh, Char- uh, Samuels, Charlie, the one who runs the docks, the big man. Uh, oh, yes, the boss. Um, he was in Scarface, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's a random one in there. He was in ER as well. Um, Dallas. He looked like a Dallas actor. Do you know what I mean? Not, not that I've yeah. ever watched Dallas, but he was uh, in Dallas. Um, he was Steve Jackson, police detective, Don Horton, and somebody called Ray King. I, again, I've never watched it, so I don't know. He's only in one episode of Quantum Leap, which is this one. Um, Twilight Zone he's been in. Um, so yeah, I was just trying to... I, he looked like a type of guy, and you know what? I was right. I said, I bet this guy's been in the A-team, and guess what, Si? He was in the A-team. <laughs> he's definitely got that kind of 80s tv look yeah him, yeah he? you know <laughs> uh he's also a dukes of hazard which just makes which you know is you know it is what it is i said scarface as well um so yeah and I, was try- I was trying to find somebody that was in law and order mate but i haven't found anybody that's in the law uh, uh that's in law and order. he's in the jeffersons as well part one and part two the grand opening just man number one so <laughs> <laughs> and somebody from lincoln from last week mate he was in he was in charlie's angels for an episode oh, right so, not, which I didn't know was going to happen, but it has happened. So there we go. And probably the biggest name that I recognised in this, which you did as well, was Michael Madsen, which I did forgot it was him. Yeah, he, me. 
Now, Michael Madsen's been in, without even looking, I can tell you straight away, he's been in a few Tarantino films straight away. Uh, Kill Bill, Reservoir Dogs, obviously, he was a bad, he was a real bad man in uh, Reservoir Dogs, wasn't he? Reservoir Dogs is fantastic, isn't it? It was a great film, yeah. Um, and he's been in Bond films as well, plenty of TV series. Um, every time I see him, I remember him from a kid, as a kid, sorry, uh, when I was a kid, w- growing up watching uh, Free Willy. <laughs> so, oh, right. He was in Free Willy. He was the uh, the foster father of Jesse. Um, so that meant I love that film as a kid. Uh, looking back at it now, it's a bit cheesy, but you know it is what it is. Um, but yeah, he's been in loads of stuff. And uh, most people, I think, would maybe our age. Maybe he's also, by the way, he's also been in Bob's Burgers, the TV series as well. Um, so he's done loads of stuff. I think he's even made a few appearances in um, maybe Family Guy as well. Uh, CSI Miami. That's a guess, by the way. Uh, family guy <laughs> i'm assuming he has i can't see yeah. it on you um scary movie four which i didn't even know you i didn't know there was four of those films is there four i didn't know that. there's more than that now i think i think they've not long released the, i think the new one oh. that's come out recently is number five isn't it oh okay uh he was in sin city i don't know if you've seen that um, no no i've not and i don't know if you've seen the first narnia film uh he uh was more grim he did the voice he's actually uncredited in that film which makes no sense but you listen to the wolf talk and you can tell it's um you know, Madsen straight away. So, as I say, Kill Bill. Uh, I'm trying to see if he's... Uh, do you know what? He looks like an actor that would have been in Law and Order at some point, but I cannot see it on this list at all, to be totally honest with you. Quantum Leap, only well, one there episode. There we go, eh? What, a, what, a, what a rare week with no Law and Order crossovers. Oh, can you just play the sound effect now, anyway? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, with regards to... Frank prepping Jimmy then for the interview. We get the the interaction between Jimmy and and the boss man, and he basically convinces him to get get the job, doesn't he? And I think this the moment we get after this is really well well filmed, well shot because we don't hear the interaction between Frank and Jimmy. It's almost like we're looking from afar, and we see yeah. Well, we basically see Frank's reaction. It, uh, being over the moon and hugging his brother and so on. And it was a real nice, wholesome moment for me, but we didn't need the words for it. It was just, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I think you're right. To be honest, until you've pointed it out, I mean, I noticed it and it was a cool and you just smile. Cause you know, he's got the job cause you, we were in the interview room with him, but uh, yeah, to not use any actual words and just use the music and just the visual was really clever actually. Yes. Uh, however, as, as mentioned at the start of the episode, Anytime Jimmy is is around the docks and around the other people that he is now going to be working with, the R word is thrown around a great deal. And even before he's even before he's got the job, he's being insulted by the people who would eventually become his co-workers, isn't he, Benny? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Before we get seen, like you said, they're walking through the, and initially Frank says, "Don't worry about it, keep walking." Then they say something; they think they use the R word, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy has to, or Sam has to ref, uh, restrain uh, Frank from going over there and, you know, possibly punching somebody in the face. Like I said, at the beginning of this, I literally spent a lot of this wanting to like, just say, what the hell are you doing to these people? Or give well, certain people a like, slap around the ear and say, what the hell are you doing? Like type thing. You yeah. Know? So, um... yeah, definitely. We get, I suppose I mean, it's, it's difficult to kind of put, the whole of this episode in, into context w- with regards to what goes on, because I think they get so much into this, this 45 minute show, this, this one episode of quantum Eve, I think they have so many 
I suppose, uh, different scenes and moving parts and so on, that it's very difficult to sort of get the, the whole concept of it into audio form to describe to our listeners now. But the general gist of what is happening at Jimmy's place of work is he's doing a good job, isn't he? We see a few different scenes over the course of a few days where he's doing a good job. He's cleaning up and, and, and the boss man even tells him, good job, Jimmy, well done. Yeah, but then yeah. we have... Is it blue? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, his his nickname is blue. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably the hat. Maybe I don't really know. Yeah, uh, and he, blue. Seems like, like, he maybe maybe he likes to swear a lot. I don't know. <laughs> either yeah. way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> either way, he is. I suppose a, a little bit of a ringleader with regards yeah. to the targeting of Jimmy. In what constitutes effectively just just bullying? I suppose it's workplace bullying. We have an incident where. Jimmy is pushing a, a a sort of a pump truck with various sacks of, of of goods across the dockyard, and there is a crash with a fork truck. Nothing too major. Nobody gets hurt, but it still happens, and Jimmy is blamed for this. When in actual fact, it's the fork truck driver's fault in that. The first instance. thing I took from now again, this is set in '64, so the first thing I took from this. Now I've driven a forklift, um, and when you leave a an area where you are coming out of a building, a warehouse then, you're supposed to, before you've even approached the door, you're supposed to honk the horn on the forklift twice yep. to let people know that you are coming. But obviously at the same time, you're you're driving the vehicle, so you've got to be aware that somebody could not even hear that and could walk in front of you. Um, now, whether I, I feel like Blue did this on purpose. I know it doesn't seem like it in that, based on what happens later, looking back at it now, I feel like he did that on purpose. Um, possibly. But then having said that, there's crates in the ways in there, so he wouldn't have necessarily known it was Jimmy coming no, right yeah. Now. So yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a bit too much into it there. But I mean ultimately, I mean part of my my part of my current job is, is fork truck driving. So I know where where you're coming from, Benny. And and you know whether these health and safety practices were in, in 64. Yeah, I, I, I severely doubt they were. I yeah. severely doubt they were. I mean I drove a fork truck maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. And when I had to do when I had to retake my test this year for my new job. Yeah, it had changed in that amount of time, in that short space of time. It was dramatically different to what was expected. It's a lot. So Sixty-four is going to be completely different, isn't it? Yeah. Did they make you drive between two pallets and trying to not oh, hit them? Mate. Stood up. Did you do that? Honestly, I, I, it weren't just two pallets. It was a bloody little, uh, little assault course. That they, they do. Made. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say it was like uh, they set up like so. You've got to go drive through these two, like this slalom almost, and then you've mm-hmm. got to go and pick this up and put that on the ground floor, like or on the ground. Then you've got to put the next one on the next shelf up, and then the next one on the next shelf up. Then drive back through, but not drive back through. You have to reverse back through the bloody thing. Yeah. Um, and I take my head when I because I never driven one before up until this. This was about 2018. I'd never driven one before. Um, so to get your head around the fact you can go full lock and basically go in a circle on the yeah, spot. Yeah, just pivot on the... Yeah, yeah. It's so weird because driving a car, you can't do that. <laughs> um, I mean, the one I drove, mate, was uh, two wheels on the front and the wheel on the back. So you could yeah. like... So it's only a small one, but even so, no power steering as well. And I tell you, because you have to then know where your wheel is at the back as well, don't you? You have this like little clunk that happens so you know when the wheel's straight, um, at least on the one I was learning on. But yeah. 1964 i bet it <laughs> I bet well it. yeah i mean there's, there's there's loads of differences isn't there i mean i mean, I can remember when i going back into the 90s now i can remember when i worked in one particular place and my dad drove the fork truck in this one particular place and he actually had an ashtray welded to the fork trucks so we could smoke as he was driving it <laughs> wow <laughs> so yeah, okay. so, this, yeah. Uh, this was a completely different world but 
yeah, we get we get a fork truck crash. We get uh, an example again of, I suppose, Jimmy just being picked on because there's an occasion where a big pallet of these sacks of what I think is just flour potentially is being unloaded and each dock worker is being thrown one big heavy sack. They catch it, carry it off to the next location. They threw two at Jimmy, so he dropped one and split it and made a mess. Obviously trying to just just try to cause him, you know, misery, I guess, Benny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, you put it pretty well there, mate, to be honest. It's, it, I don't know what... the. We had this discussion the other day, actually, about... Um, I know we're going off topic a little bit here, but it's kind of relevant, I think, is the Obi-Wan series has come out on Disney. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I'm not, you're not a Star Wars fan, I don't think, but, you know, it's quite a big deal. Now, one of the uh, the, the the bad guys is, uh, is a female actress... Um, African-American descent, I think. I don't know. But uh, for some reason, she's getting a lot of negativity online and being racist comments, unfortunately. And I don't know. And I don't... I cannot grasp why people like it. I can't. Maybe it's the era I've grown up in. Maybe it's the way I was raised. I don't know. How you treat people should be... How how you expect to be treated, regardless of Mm. any physical... What just anything, just a human being, another human being, regardless of what they look like, what they're wearing, what they dress like, whatever. You know, I, I don't. You, you, there's so many combinations you can throw in here, but my point is, treat them how you want to be treated. And I don't understand. I just don't understand. No, so, I know where you're coming from. I don't really know how to put it into words either, because I don't understand the hatred. Yeah, no, no, I agree, and, and I, I think that's, I think that's testament as well to where we are as a society in that you don't understand. But you go back 20, even as recent as, like like I said, 20, 30 years, it was the norm. The way the way that was, you know, the way people are referred to is, you know, it, my, my father-in-law, my, my, my wife's dad, uh, he's, he, he's black. And I didn't realize for many, many years that his name's not Sam. I've always called him Sam. Everyone calls him Sam. His wife calls him Sam. His, his kids call him okay. Sam. It turns out that's not actually his name. And Sam is a semi-racist nickname he was given in the 60s that just kind of stuck. I didn't even realize. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, so it's... Wow, okay. It's it's insane that things are so different now, but I still think there's I still think there's room for improvement as well. I think there's so much more right. that can be done, especially when you look on... Uh, it's, it's a different form of bullying now, isn't it? You've got cyberbullying, you've got online online hate, online racism and all this sort of stuff. So it's a bit different to and they feel how like it once safe. was. But... They feel like they're safe behind their keyboard, I suppose. So, yeah. Because they're in their own home. We all have opinions, yeah. but at the end of the day, if you've got an opinion, you need to be wary. Of, you know, you have an opinion about something. You might have a, you, Sorry, you might have an opinion about Tango. You don't like that drink for whatever reason because it's orange. I don't know because it's too fizzy because it doesn't come in the right side. You know that's fine. That's your opinion, but you have to be open to receiving. Well, actually, I like Tango because it's orange and it's and it's got, got a right nice right amount of fizz. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You have to be open to the discussion and treat the person you're talking to with respect and not over talk. I hate people that over can't even talk now. That I hate people that when you're trying to get your point across, they throw in a different rule or they talk over you and they try mm-hmm. and shrink down without you've, you've not even reached your conclusion um, or your point to your 
to your um, sentence then. <laughs> so that's about, you know what I mean, mate? I talk too much anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from. We get quite a nice, uh, quite a nice touching moment again. And again, this is so well done, I think, showing the relationship between Frank and Jimmy when they're sat having their lunch. And Jimmy is, he's got a nicer sandwich filling than Frank has. So Frank wants to swap sandwiches and tries to trick him. And, and then he's got, uh, he's got something that also Frank wants. And Frank starts thinking, has he got the wrong lunchbox? And all this. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just back and forth and, and just really pleasant and so on. And then Jimmy knocks, is it the flask he knocks into the water? Yeah, he's trying to, um, because he tries to trick Jimmy, Sam, again, and saying, look at the baby seal, I think it is. And Sam doesn't turn around this time, and then he's just looking at Frank, and they just smile. He goes, I'll tell you what, we'll share the Twinkie. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to open the packet, but it um, as he's opening it, his hand slips, it doesn't open, and he knocks the flask into the water, because they're sat on the dock edge. Um, and Frank, you see, so one of the first times you kind of see the frustration in Frank a little bit. It's not like full on, but it's... Connie got me that for Christmas, you know, he's, he's mm. a bit, you know, and he's in Sam says, sorry. Um, you know, he offers him the Twinkie and Sam even puts his head down like a, like a puppy being told off. Um, and in fairness, Sam, uh, Sam, Frank, sorry, you know, puts it sort of says, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, um, we've got to realize that, you know, objects can be replaced. People can't. So, you know, yeah. maybe that's be the, a little, little goof moment on this actually as well. I found, um, Twinkies in, uh, 1964 apparently you could only buy them in a twin pack you couldn't buy them individually wrapped so there's actually a little bit of a so actually technically there should be no scene there whatsoever because there would have been two in the packet anyway they could have yeah they could have both had one they could have both had one problem solved (laughs) frank gets to keep his flask and there's no troubles at all exactly (laughs) it would have been a bit more of a boring scene but there we go yeah yeah there we go um I want to touch upon the character of Connie here as well. I mean, I think first of all, Frank, you mentioned there about him showing a slight, a slight sort of edge of frustration, shall we say, maybe with certain aspects. Maybe. Of yeah, um, but he he keeps it bottled up and he's doing all he can to help his brother. And I think the the character of Frank is absolutely fascinating. It's, it's just intriguing because he's desperate to help his brother, but he has a breaking point. But it seems like he keeps pushing that breaking point further and further away. However, Connie, uh, I don't know what I could remember of this episode before I press play. I can remember it being good and I remember liking it. And I remember it being one of those that is always spoken about in, in, in quantum leap sort of fan groups and so on. Everyone talks about how great Jimmy is and so on. Yeah. So I could remember the docs. I could remember stuff like that. I couldn't remember exactly how much of a bitch Connie is. She is not, um, it's not very, it's been two, but we find out in the episode that it's been two weeks since Jimmy's been back and he's living there with them. So she's adjusting to it, you know, just not even if it was just somebody, somebody else in your house, you know, adds mm. to, I don't know, washing food, you know, bills, whatever. So, you know, take that into consideration. But yeah, her um, breaking point has come within two weeks. Basically, she's very indifferent towards, um, towards Jimmy. Definitely. She can barely look at him. I found watching this back and I didn't remember that myself either. So like you said, she's, um, I think she is a bit of a bitch actually, to be honest, she is yeah. a little bit of, you know, especially the bit I know we're going to get there, but especially the bit I talked about earlier with the plate smashing, Sam is talking to Alan this moment, but, um, we'll get there. But like she bumps the door into him 
Now, obviously, she has no way of seeing Jimmy through the door, but ultimately, she's the one who's knocked Jimmy into the back and then he drops the plate. Mm-hmm. So it's an accident. It is an accident, but because it's her grandmother's platter, and again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, um, everything seems to be intensified because it's Jimmy. Every little thing, you might you might spill your drink on the table later, so you go, oh, crap, and you just tidy it up. With Jimmy, if he sp- spills a drink, it's like, oh, for goodness sake, Jimmy. It's like there's a like a short fuse with him, with uh, Connie. So I think you might be right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I couldn't remember. I mean, obviously, a big part of the story is that Connie is trying to press Frank to put Jimmy back in the institution. But I, for some reason, I don't know if my mind to just blocked that out or what, I don't know. But I, I couldn't recall how much of a, of a piece of crap she is. in, Especially, we'll say for 90% of the episode then, because at the end, obviously, she, she comes around. But yeah, yeah. she's not a particularly pleasant person, it seems. No. I mean, it seems that way. Um, again, I don't know, maybe she felt that she had... I'm try, I always try and see it from their point of view to a degree. Mm-hmm. At the end yeah. of the day, we've all got our own... You know, you know, the whole point of Quantum Leap is walking a mile in somebody else's shoes um but yeah i think she could be a bit more uh well she'd be less angry or less she'd be more tolerant of uh in getting used to her. it feels like she jimmy may have made the effort uh, sam definitely makes the effort with her but he, she he's met with a bloody you know <laughs> a brick wall in that sense so, yeah definitely um, so you know i don't know maybe that maybe they don't earn that much from the docks and she's trying to keep the house running and the bills maybe i mean we don't really touch upon that but the fact that, uh, you know, somebody else in your house alone, regardless of, you know, Jimmy and everything, it's going to add a little bit of stress to a marriage, isn't it? I suppose. And because maybe they feel me, she feels like maybe she's being, she is being selfish. I'm not disputing that whatsoever, but like maybe she's tried, she's tried, she figures she's tried, but two weeks is not long enough to, you're only starting to get to know somebody after two weeks, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't think she gives Jimmy much of a chance. Is what no, you, that's fair what you said, really. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I suppose now is as good good a time as any to talk about Al and his uh, his sister and how that kind of plays a role in how passionate he is for this I would particular love, leap. I would love to see. I know we might have got to do it, so you can cut this if you want to. Um, if we could get that speech in this episode right now, that speech that Al makes about his sister. can't do anything right i spend half the time saying i'm sorry and the rest of the time cleaning up my mistakes this isn't gonna work out it has to work there was a girl named trudy Al, i don't have time she was for it. sam her iq was lower than jimmy's and all the kids in the neighborhood they used to tease her Kids can be cruel. They call her names like dummy and monkey face. And I hated it. And I used to get in fights all the time over this. But that's what big brothers are for, right? My mother couldn't handle it. That's probably why she ran off with this stupid encyclopedia salesman. But my dad tried to keep us all together. That he was a, you know, construction worker. He went from job to job. And then when it took him to the Middle East, I wound up 
in an orphanage and she wound up in an institution. When I was old enough, I went back there for her. But it was too late. She was gone, Sam. Pneumonia, they said. How does a 16-year-old girl die from pneumonia in 1953, Sam? We're not gonna lose Jimmy. Al's been there for um, Sam a lot, but this is one of the first times where he's like, that was a really good speech. And you go and actually you see a different side to Al. You hear Uh about his background as well. Like I said, his dad trying to keep the family together, like in 1953, 19, well, 1940, late, well, early 1940s, it would have been. Um, So yeah, to hear that side of Al, it's kind of nice to see um, how Al is, but that speech is, probably uh one of the best moments in this episode yeah it's absolutely fantastic i mean dean stockwell is brilliant and the speech itself is 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 well written it's brilliant dialogue but dean stockwell's performance is is superb as well (laughs) yeah i'm not not an actor by any stretch (laughs) (laughs) it's he's angry and then he's emotional and then he drops the bombshell in halfway through that this girl trudy was his sister because he doesn't he doesn't lead with that at the beginning and it's just really just a brilliant bit of television, I think. Yeah, it's definitely. There are a few moments I I can't remember all the time, but that is, I think, I always remember that speech. That's the one thing I remember from this episode, and I remember hearing it for the first time, and hearing Al's uh, voice crackle when he says, "How does a sixteen-year-old girl die from pneumonia in 1963?" And he yeah. is he is gritting his teeth to sort of fight off the tears. At this moment, you can see, and as Sai's already said, Dean Stockwell um, nails it. This speech is brilliant. And this comes at the right time in the episode as well, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great. It's fantastic. I mean, that, that must, that's effectively set the scene. Uh, I suppose this is the way this episode is structured is it is all setting up to the final few scenes, isn't it? Looking at it now. You think yeah. everything about it, the struggle to get Jimmy a job, all this stuff with with Trudy L's sister, the the potential that you know Jimmy could get put back in the institution, which you know does become very, very close because eventually there is an issue again with Blue at the docks and it ends up in a bit of a fight, which you know, it, it basically Blue again as as a bit of a ringleader says to the boss, we don't want to work with him. To which Frank then stands up for his brother and says, "Well, if he goes, I go." Yeah, and it kind of backfires a little bit because yeah, they both go, <laughs> so they both lost their yeah. job, haven't they? I mean, Jimmy's being blamed for leaving a uh, spigot open, which I think has got some sort of oil in it or something. Yeah, who comes tearing into the warehouse? To be mate, he's driving that forklift too quick in that confined space. But there we go, health and safety <laughs> of today <laughs> compared to yesterday. I can't um, see where he's going as well. He's he's got a he's got a stack of pallets up on the forks, which he's driving, which is in front of him. Yeah. And the pallets are of, of such a height, the stack is of such a height that he can't see where he's going either. Yeah. So it's, it, again, it's all Blue's fault. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then Jimmy's getting blamed for leaving it on, and he's like, and again, 
if this was like anybody else, if when Jimmy says I didn't leave it on, nobody believes him. Not even his own brother. He, he doesn't. Uh-huh. I mean, Frank doesn't say I don't believe you, but he says I'll handle this. But he doesn't like. At no point does he say what happened, Jimmy. He just again, even his own brother to a degree, as much as he loves his brother, is finding it difficult <laughs> with with Jimmy for some reason. I don't. Yeah. Again, I I don't know. We had this conversation. Well, what I just said earlier, I don't understand, <laughs> to be honest with you, but there we go. Yes, yeah, there we go. Uh, effectively, th- that, that's cost Frank and Jimmy their jobs. They go back home. Connie, uh, and rightfully so, Connie is is annoyed. And on this occasion, yes, she's a bit of a bitch, but on this occasion, I, it is kind of justified because they've lost their income. She then says that Jimmy has to go back to Wayside. Frank reluctantly agrees goes out to pass this uh, pretty sad, horrible message on to Jimmy. In the meantime, Jimmy, well, basically, Jimmy ends up robbing the car, doesn't he? <laughs> he, yeah. he he's not. He's decided he's going to go back and get his job back, Sam has decided. So he, he steals the, the, the red truck, speeds off, to which uh, Frank and Connie's young son follows him on his push bike. And yeah. the next scene we get, they are... Back at the docks, and we get another one of those those shots, I suppose, from a kind of uh, watching from a distance aspect, maybe. Because... I quite like. I quite like it because um, you said where they're not so like earlier, where they where they like you're like going to say where they film it because we've already had the information in the office that Jimmy's got the job, so we just have the reaction of Frank. Where yeah. this time we know everything that's happened to a degree, we're not a hundred percent sure what happened with the spigot, but we know that it wasn't Jimmy. So we don't need to hear all that dialogue again. We don't need to be reminded of what's happened already because we've been watching the episode. I quite like it because they've, well, Jimmy's talking to, you know, the boss man. So, you know, now he's going to tell him what happened, I guess. And, and then something we sort of gla- glazed over quickly was earlier in the episode, the boss man asked Blue to get a, um, a crate, doesn't he? And it's, um, he says 1675, I think it is. That's right. Yep. Uh, and then uh, he goes, oh, I'm a bit, a, bit, a bit busy right now. I'll get it later. And he's like, no, you'll do it now. And he's not got anything on the forks either, which makes me laugh. What are you actually doing then? <laughs> um, but then he goes over, and this is the first sort of instance where you see, he is it, so what did I say? 1675, so it's 75-16 he picks up. And that's this right. we get that thing. And Sam, a.k.a. Jimmy, tries to say, Blue, that's the wrong one. And he does say, you know, because he starts calling him dummy and stuff, which he does a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Boss man over here just comes over and says, "What's going on?" And he goes, uh, "Jimmy goes, Sam goes. I think he's got the wrong, um, the wrong crate or whatever." Crate, yeah. Um, and he goes, "No, I told you that one. Just read the damn numbers." And that's when you realise that actually, um, Blue is struggling to read or struggles to read or something. There's something going on, or we may, you know, he can't quite grasp numbers or something. You don't really know. And that's basically the reason why Blue has like a he already has an indifference towards Jimmy as it is, but now he's he thinks Jimmy's smarter than him because he can read numbers and it's, yeah. um, it's really, it's really silly stuff, obviously, but that's where we get to this moment of, as we've just discussed of them getting sacked, but blue is very adamant to not, I think it's more about him not being found out that he can't read numbers or read. Yeah. And, and Sam does, does cover that, doesn't he? When Sam goes back to get their jobs back and he's talking to the foreman or, or the supervisor or whatever his title was, the big boss man. Anyway, the doc boss. The, sorry? 
<laughs> the doc boss. I said it the really doc boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, he's saying that he's basically saying that, look, the reason that blue is so desperate to get us out of here. And he, he left the, the tap on, he left the faucet on or whatever that leaked to the stuff. And uh, I'm getting the blame for it. It's because he doesn't want me to expose his secret. So literally that one interaction there, it all becomes clear as to what's going on. And the, the doc boss, I guess <laughs> he, he asks mm-hmm. blue to read some numbers from some of the pallets that are, that, that are right next to him. He tries to, you know, get out of it and says he doesn't take orders from, uh, from you pointing at Jimmy and so on. Eventually the boss makes him read them and he struggles. And Sam explains it as he has dyslexia. He, he's dyslexic. Yeah. So, and Sam, fair play, as Sam always does, is very nice and, and polite about it. Also, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just this, it's just that, and so on. Blue loses his rag, speeds off on the fork truck. And in the meantime, the young lad has come to watch what Jimmy is doing. He's up on the top of a pile of, uh, I suppose, stuff that, that, that has been delivered to the docks. There's some more of these white sacks and pallets and so on. Blue again crashes the fort track. I mean, this is the third time in 40 minutes this dude has crashed his track. <laughs> yeah. <You> know? <laughs> you go mental over here because he's literally crashed beforehand. One, he's going too fast earlier. And now, but the thing is, like, the boss man says to Jimmy, you and your brother are welcome to work here. Um, Blue, basically, get your paycheck, you're done. Um, and in a moment of probably seeing Red Miss, he's trying to run, not only run over Jimmy, but also the boss man. To yeah. To run somebody down. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this guy's problem? He's, he's got some issues, this fella, hasn't he? He definitely has, man. It's um, it's not good, is it? To be fair, trying to run somebody down with a fork. I've, I, I'm sure you got told on your training um, some horror stories, what can go wrong with a forklift if you don't treat it properly, you know? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Him trying to run over, not only his boss, Sam saves the boss. They move out the way. And I'm sure Cy was getting to it where he basically, again, crashes the forklift, but into the crates that uh, Corey's on. And yet Corey ends up in the bloody, in the docks, in the water, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Big splash. Away the young lad goes. Uh, By this point, Frank has arrived with his wife, witnessing what's going on. She is hysterical, obviously. Her young boy has just fallen into the docks. Uh, Frank jumps in. Uh, Frank eventually, dive, by the way, I give him a ten on that, mate. You see him running onto that thing and then diving straight into the water. Oh, that was some proper A team shit. That was that, that was, was great stuff. Is Frank dives in, rescues his son, but he's not breathing. So of course that there's again, it's I mean it's hysterical, it's horrific. When I, you know, I've been in a but scenario course, yeah. where I've been around something similar to that, and it is bloody scary. Uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like for the parents, but. Luckily, Sam, he knows CPR, and he convinces Frank that they taught him this in the Institute, which I thought was a clever little touch to get around, you know, get around. Explain himself, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was quite a nice little touch there. Because sometimes I think that Quantum needs to do that a bit more, potentially. Have a little, just, just one line here or there dropped in to explain something to take away any potential question marks. So I think that was really well done. Then you know, using mouth to mouth and and CPR and so on. Uh, Which I was just going to say, by the way, about the CPR scene, CPR didn't really begin till the early 1970s. So I looked this up. So, um, seeing, a so yeah, this, this, you know, Jimmy with an intellectual, uh, disability is 
trying to convince somebody to do CPR. Now, when he starts doing it, obviously you have to breathe mouth to mouth. We all know this now, but again, this was the CPR wasn't used till the 1970s. So, like, I can understand the mothers going, "What's he doing to my boy? What's he doing?" You know, then he oh yeah, and start his heart by you know punching him in the chest basically, and then he starts doing uh, compressions. But again, the fact that he's putting his mouth on this young boy can be considered what the hell is this guy doing you know and again we're, we're about what f- probably seven eight years away from cpr becoming a thing <laughs> so yeah yeah from her point of view in this you know one she's hysterical because a boy's not breathing and so she's worried about what's going to happen to him so i understand her um reluctance if that makes sense well she actually says as well doesn't she he's hurting him yeah because you, know, yeah. you know it's the, the 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 pressure you need to put on someone's chest to to, to do CPR correctly, it, it's quite the quite the amount of pressure needed. I, I literally did a course two weeks ago uh, on on this okay. kind of uh, this kind of first aid medical side of things. It was a, a good like sort of six hours tucked away in an office with a with a dummy that we had to sort of press on the chest of and all this sort of stuff. And you can't call the instructor a dummy. That's not very nice. <laughs> little Annie, it was named apparently. It said on the bag, really? uh, yeah, "Little Annie." This this half. It was basically it was basically a torso with a head. It had no arms and no okay. legs, and uh, you had to push down on the chest of the of the the mannequin, I suppose, and it would compress yeah. and come back up. So basically, you know, it, it's designed to react and feel the same way as a person's chest would if you're having to perform this particular this particular thing the force you need to do that with is insane yeah it's absolutely you need to really i mean i'm a i'm a big fat bloke and i I, i'm quite i'm quite powerful when i want to be but that was hard work doing that to do it correctly for the length of time that you were told by the instructor to do it for it gets really, really difficult. So yeah, I can understand why she would be looking at it and thinking, "Oh my god, he's literally beating the shit out of my son, who's just been yeah, yeah, out of yeah abso- absolutely, yeah." So, um, like you said, I understand her uh, reluctance in this moment. You know, obviously, we're watching it even back when I watched it when I was a kid. We all knew about CPR then, so like, I can, I can not. I didn't physically do it, but like in my own head, I'm screaming at the TV, going, "Let him do it! Let him do it!" Yeah. <laughs> you know, but. It's just trying to convince somebody in the 60s to let you do this thing called CPR, which they've never even heard of or is yeah. not widely known yet, you know? So, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and then this is where I suppose sometimes the pacing of the show is, is maybe, maybe a bit of an issue. It, it, it doesn't take away from the episode, it doesn't, but it, it's almost like for me watching. And also I'm watching from a standpoint of I'm trying to review the episode and discuss it with you, Benny. Absolutely. We've yeah. had all this build-up, all these issues, all these problems that, that Jimmy, Sam via Jimmy has experienced. Connie is adamant he is to get out the house, and that's all we get from her all episode long. Yeah. Literally, that, that moment, okay, he has saved her son's life. I appreciate that. But there is like, just li- it's like the, the flick of a switch. She's like, I'm sorry, I get it all now. Yeah. That was a bit off for me. Got You got to the conclusion a bit quicker than... I mean, I, I would say that if we were to continue watching this relationship between Connie and Jimmy after, I would say there still needs to be work to be done here. It's But the fact that she... I think she's... You know, she trusts Jimmy now. 
because she saved a boy, I guess. I understand what you mean, though, in terms of pacing. It's gone from like, I hate you. Oh, I, I, I like you now. Yeah, <laughs> but for no, yeah, exactly. It's not for no, it's not for no reason. But I understand why you, in terms of pacing, I understand what you mean. Yeah, that that's all it was. Just that, just that one little, one little oddball. But again, it's that thing of the episode is coming to an end. They, they've had, they've got so much into this forty-five minutes with regards to Jimmy getting the job, the issues with the docs, his relationship with the with, with the family he's living with, and then all the back and forths with the work and uh, so much stuff. I mean, stuff that we haven't even touched upon here on, on, on our episode of the waiting room today. So much to get into. Absolutely. Yeah. But I understand that, you know, it's only 45 minutes long. You can only fit so much in. It just seems that that little bit at the end was a touch throwaway for me. And again, it's, I'm, I'm splitting hairs. It's a tiny little complaint. It's nothing major, but it, that's the way it just came across, you know? I mean, we maybe we could have had a scene after or something, just like he's going back to work the next day and she actually shows a bit of affection towards him in a sense of, oh, good luck. Because she doesn't even say good luck, you know, does she, for the job interview or anything like that. She's mm. always like waiting for the next disaster. Maybe we see her, you know, pat him on the back, say good luck at work today, Jimmy. And maybe sneak him a little Twinkie or something, just something a little bit more like, She's accepted him a bit more, like, but I understand, yeah. like you know, we've already we've already covered it. But like you said about the pacing, like gone from like being off to being on <laughs> within seconds. But you know, saving some, you're saving somebody's child. Well, I think we'll do that for most people, <laughs> to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, uh, and and that's basically it, isn't it? Jimmy and Frank share a hug, and you know, Al explains very quickly that you've done it, Sam. Uh, Jimmy gets accepted and he works in the in the docks and he's got friends and so on. So all, all good news all around and Sam leaps and and that's the end of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, so. it is it is still a good episode, but obviously it's very much shrouded in. I think what we talked about at the beginning at the top of the show, really. So mm. it's it's kind of hard one to. If you can switch your brain off, I mean, most people will go. That's the wrong thing to say to anybody let alone, you know, intellectually, intellectually, intellectually challenge people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a hard episode. But then it's weird. I feel more awkward watching this than I did watching Colour of Truth. Now, Colour of Truth has got some real horrible things in it, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't really know how to verbalise it, sorry, to be honest, which is not very helpful for a podcast, I know, but... <laughs> It's a good no, I know episode. you're coming from. It's a good episode still, but obviously with now what we know, um, it, as you well know off air, man, when I when we first both found out that it was cut from viewing, we were like, "How can you? How can you do that?" It's a it's a really good episode. It's a you know it's a really good story. It's um, very make people very aware, you know, that you can't treat people anybody like that, let alone you know just anybody, you know. So. Yeah, I was quite, as you all know, I was quite uh, bitter and annoyed by the whole thing. But now after watching it back, I might, I'm not saying you should stop showing it. I'm just saying I understand why. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that, that's a, that's, that's a good way of putting it. I'm not sure, it, you know, I'm not sure if it, it should be taken off, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it should be shown, but I understand, I can, I can see arguments for both sides of the coin. Yeah. I think I do agree with the fact that it's not being shown because that yeah. word is used over and over again so much. And it is, you know, it's not pleasant and it does get uncomfortable. So there is that aspect to it, but 
it is a shame from the viewpoint of a Quantum Leap fan that this episode won't be seen on television for for people who discover the show yeah. uh, after the fact. However, I've got it on the DVD. I watched it. Yes, there's a lot of uh, a lot of dodgy ground in this episode, yeah, but definitely. as an episode of Quantum Leap and, and an episode of the show that we are reviewing, I I really liked it. I, I enjoyed watching it. If you can get past the awkwardness of the R word being used as much as it can, I guess. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I suppose then we better have a quick look at our plus points and our negatives, <laughs> our our pros and our cons, our oh boys and our cacas for the week. Benny, what have you got, mate? I mean, I, I'll start with a caca because it's been a quite. I want to end on a. I want to end on a good note for a change. Okay. Um, but um, the caca is basically just the way people treat Jimmy overall. Yeah. There's nothing really wrong with the episode in terms of, I mean, there's a few goofs in there. I mean, um, Corey has a Thor poster, I think in his room, this is sixties. Thor wasn't really around till the eighties. Yeah, it. that's right. Yeah. By the by. Went a little caca. But yeah, just the way, um, Jimmy was being treated. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but I am going to now. My mum had a cousin who had, you know, intellectual, <laughs> intellectual disability. I can't say intellectual. Yeah. <laughs> intellectual. That'll do. You know what I'm on about. Um, and he was a freaking great guy, um, to be fair. Um, we used to go on holiday and stuff and he used to come with us and we used to go in the arcade and stuff. He was good fun. He, as far as I was concerned as a kid, he was no different from any other adult. Um, he had a slight speech impediment. Other than that, I we were just sort of we just he was part of the family you know so it's hard and i don't and i don't want to go i don't want to use that as a a thing to say watch this episode i'm not saying that but i'm just saying like you just treat people with respect regardless of anything is what i'm getting at so um but yeah the way they treated i just felt angry more for the way jimmy was being treated in this and i like to the i remember one point mate where i'm actually gritting my teeth like Mm. Absolutely. This is why I said I can't be a time traveling quantum leaper, mate, because I would punch way too many people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. I mean, just just I mean, again, in terms of the episode, like I said, there's nothing really in there that um that I find out of place, you know, apart from the Thor poster. But like mm-hmm. I said, the main the main caca, as I've already said, is the way they treat Jimmy. Um, Went a little caca. I don't know if you want to do your caca first, and then. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's very, very straightforward, mate. I completely agree with you. It's it's a funny one because the whole episode is kind of about Jimmy overcoming all of this yeah. and Jimmy being accepted. So it, it's necessary for it to be there in the story for, for Sam to have the challenge of overcoming it. Of course, yeah. However, I completely agree with you. The, the, the use of the R word and being it's called a much. dummy uh, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's my caca, mate. I I I didn't enjoy that. I, I I felt quite awkward at times watching it. Yeah, yeah. Went a little caca. Oh boys, what we got? Uh, oh boys, um, I smiled when um, I like the fact that Corey kind of plays to Jimmy like, oh yeah, we like reading this comic <laughs> and stuff like that when yeah. they go to bed. But then Sam decides to tell him a different story, and basically it's Star Wars, and mm-hmm. this leads into my oh boy moment um, is when. Uh, Sam is performing performing CPR on Corey, and he's saying, "Don't die, don't die, breathe, damn it, come on, come on, breathe, damn it, breathe, come on." If you die, you're never going to get to see Star Wars. Then the water comes out of his mouth, and I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, brilliant. I, I pop for that. I love that. Oh, oh boy. boy, that was a bit. And and then in a different way, 
that made me laugh, but in a sense of like, yes, thank God he's alive and all that kind of stuff. But the other one is, we've already touched upon it, in a sense of the acting and the way he delivered it was Dean Stockwell's speech about Trudy. And even after seeing this, God knows how many times, in that moment when I was making this speech, you just, you're just in it. That's the best way I can describe it. You are, nothing else exists for me in that moment. Nothing around me. Not even the fact that I'm watching it on a TV screen. I'm in that moment with Al, and you can just yeah. feel it. And you, do you know what I mean? So yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, totally. I totally get where you're coming from. My old boy is very similar. It, it, it's the the Dean Stockwell performance. That 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 speech. That bit of dialogue. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Oh boy. And I suppose a uh, uh, sort of seeing someone get their comeuppance. I guess. Um, literally just blue at the end getting canned and getting sent away and in and basically the guy was a dick the whole episode he was so yeah. seeing, seeing him finally get told yeah blue you're a dick sling your hook i enjoyed that as well oh boy he would rather be a dick than actually accept any help you know and yeah. if actually if he had help then he'd be fine in terms yeah, of exactly so there we go out of five benny um do you know what? I was going to say 3.5 because of everything that we've talked about, but just now thinking about, you know, the Trudy scene with Al, the old boy moments, the little tie-ins with Star Wars and just the way it's all acted. It's very hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. There are moments in there, like I said, I'd be a bad time traveler. <laughs> but <laughs> It's very good, I think, still. And I'm going to give it a four, to be honest, in terms of the story. In terms of the R word and stuff, yeah, that's not good. But like you said, we see the guy get the comeuppance and people are left wiser than when before Sam got there. So I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, I've actually gone a touch higher. I got I got four, four and a half. 4.5 wow. I've got, mate. That's a first. So I might be um, only the second time this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look back fondly on this episode and I, I thought pre-watch back, before pressing play today, I thought I was going to give this a five. I did. No matter, well. You know, I thought that this is one of my favorite episodes from memory. This is one of my favorite episodes. Obviously, there are episodes coming up that I love as much or even more. Obviously, there are episodes coming up that maybe will surprise us and be far better than we remember, and, and so on. However, pre watch back, this is one of the episodes that we both discussed looking forward to watching. <clears throat> yeah. I bloody loved it. It's fantastic. The character of Frank is awesome. This guy is he's, he's superb. Everything about it is great, apart from the obvious terminology that yes, has led yeah. to the episode no longer being shown on on television. So, yeah, that's the big the big stumbling block for me. So it, it gets marked down a touch because of that. So it's not a five as I thought it might be yeah. pre watch, but I think a four and a half because the story. If if you can get past the awkwardness and the R word and all the horribleness that goes along with it, yeah, this is a bloody great story. It is, yeah. Um, I just want to point out quickly as well, on IMDb, Jimmy is out of 10, Jimmy is rated 8.5. So it's still rated really highly. So we're not the only ones to really think that. Mm, um, okay. So, you know, just, just to give it in context, so we're not just like two randomers going, oh yeah, they just love Quantum Leap. But, you know, the episode before that we rated um, on IMDb, it's rated a 7.2 out of 10, which is a completely different story altogether, obviously, which most mm. are. Um, so, you know, in context, Jimmy is, uh, was considered one of the 
best episodes. Yeah, okay, the terminology, as I said, is not not acceptable and never was acceptable. It's just it took a long time. 2010, for that law to come in, mate, what you pointed yeah. out earlier, it's mental. Um, it's, uh, it's unfathomable, really, that it took that long <laughs> for it to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely so, crazy. You know. Yes, there we go. There we go. So then, Sam leaps, and we get our little, I suppose, trailer to next week's episode. Uh, he leaps into the body of someone in a white suit, stood in a courtroom, and he's obviously a lawyer, and the person next to him is being tried for murder. Yeah. The episode we're looking at next week is season two, episode nine, So Help Me God. I have some memories of this, Benny, but not many. I think I'm the same. I it's um, I but I say that, but I think it's one of the episodes we were looking forward to as well, off memory. But it's now that I've seen the clip of it, I think I remember the general gist of the story. But I think there's a lot in here that I don't remember as well, which is good because obviously, with the less we remember, the better for when it comes to doing the review, as we found out with um the uh the previous episode before Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. so um. I'm just looking through the cast list now. There's a few people in here I recognize, but I don't know okay. why yet, but I'm sure we'll cover that next week as per usual. Um, yes. Yeah. Apart from a woman being, she's being tried for murder, I think, isn't she? And I think it's in That's like, right. you can straight away, you get Southern vibes from it, from the suit that Sam's wearing and the people behind him in the courtroom. Yeah. Um, and you get, you get the sort of humidity aspect as well, don't you? Yeah. Um, whether this is just pure coincidence that we've just come off the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, now we're actually going to be, looks like we're going to be viewing a trial of, of our own in terms of uh, Quantum Leap. So, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, excellent stuff. Again, a brilliant episode. If people can look past the the, the, the the bad terminology, if people can take it for what it is of its time, it is offensive. It, it rightfully so is not shown on television anymore, granted. But the story of Jimmy, is superb. I've, I've enjoyed looking back and talking to you about it, Benny. Do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online, my friend? Uh, as per usual, just search me up on uh, Twitter at Benny Mac, B E Triple M Y M A C K. And everything I'm involved in doing uh, pretty much is connected to the link tree that's on the, uh, on the Twitter profile page. So that's just the easiest way to do it, mate, to be honest. So awesome. Yeah, awesome stuff. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words and on Facebook. There's a group there, SJP, all the shows and info. And, and from both of those points, there's links to all the shows I'm involved in. Uh, obviously, this one, there's a bit of wrestling content with Nitro Nights and Chain Wrestling each week. There's a bit more science fiction, time travel stuff with Dan Griffin. I look at the the awesome doctor who well i say awesome there's been some shows that we've rated a bit low but then you know doctor who the doctor who pod there um yeah at sjp words on twitter but most importantly you can find this show all over the place twitter facebook etc etc and it's always some variation of at the waiting room pod underscore that's at the waiting room pod underscore benny once again mate fantastic time i'm looking forward to the next episode already yeah, uh, hopefully it's going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> I think we might be caught talking uh, very similar to what we have this week. We need to get an episode soon where uh, maybe it's a bit more fun, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And we're starting to get to the... I mean, we're only, what? Ep- we're getting about to get into episode nine, aren't we? So, um, you know, we're starting to get into some good ones coming up. And I know there's an episode coming up that you were not... You were like, I don't remember that at all. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you react to that one. So we'll, But we'll get there. 
Okay, great stuff. Looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to it. I will speak to you very, very soon. To everyone else, as always, thank you for listening. Time to leap outside. (laughs) 